0: Say I'm understudy Might say I'm over the top. But there's like no clean water. But so the pop is overstocked. They say amazing grace. So yes, Gina. Mm-hmm. Once again, you recommended the movie.
1: Yes. I'm trying not to interrupt.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure that's gonna be easy listening, the five-second pauses. <laughs> hey everybody we're really making an effort not to talk over each other but it's not going to be like that i promise um gina
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) this is not gonna work We're going to have to edit this crap later because it's just not
0: the flow, girl. Hey, everybody. We're back. Hey, Gina. Hello. Gina has become the unofficial co-host of this podcast. I'm official. I'm official. Um, Well, I don't know if that's true. (laughs) But what is true is that you are regularly now the one who is recommending these movies, which brings up a theory I have, which is that you actually watch more movies than me. Well,
1: I hate movies, too, so that's interesting. <laughs> well, well, that's because my son watches a lot of movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he makes me watch them. <laughs> and it's a pandemic, so what the heck, right? Well, there's that. Do you feel
0: better? Like, do you, are you liking it? No. Oh, the thing that it- I'm liking is that I am getting my attention span back. It's amazing. Like, seriously, like, I can watch movies again. I can't tell you how long that's been. And that used to be all I did.
1: I'm watching movies that I've watched a thousand times before, which is what I'm, I always do that with things, you know, like Marvel movies and superhero movies. And every once in a while, see, I don't like to be upset. I don't like to be upset. And I don't like to know what's going to, not knowing what's going to happen. Yes. So movies to me are a stressful experience. Ah. When I know what they're going to be. They're a
0: soothing experience. I gotcha. What's the one that you love? Mm -hmm. The Brad Pitt one?
1: Ah, Legends of the Fall.
0: Legends of the Fall. At least twice a year, Tanya. I love that. Uh, So we're going to talk about One Night in Miami, which again, as I said, Gina recommended. She said, we need to talk about One Night in Miami. That's not how you said it. I did. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I'm going to give the synopsis, um, and we're going to get rolling. So the synopsis is Cassius Clay joins Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X, and they discuss the responsibility of being successful black men during the civil rights movement after Ali's surprise title win over Sonny Liston. It is a movie set in 1964. Do you agree with that synopsis, Gina?
1: I do. And it actually is a real meeting that happened. But, you know, she put her own twist on it.
0: Well, it's it is a real meeting that happened. There's very little written about what they actually discussed. But yeah, instead of like going to some huge party to celebrate, they actually went back to uh, the hotel room in the Hampton House, ate ice cream and talked. Um, I I have have a question. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The other thing is the Hampton is a historical hotel. It was a black only hotel. Yes. Um, And um, that was the night that Martin Luther, that um, Muhammad Ali was supposed to announce his transition into Muslim. Right. And wait, there was one more thing I wanted to say about that. Oh, Jim Brown, the football player is still alive.
0: Yeah, he's the only one who's still alive. Yes, and he went there. Went where?
1: He, he, they did an interview with him afterwards, and they took him over to the Hampton. Oh. Now. Yeah, like the other night. Did you watch it?
0: I did. He was just, like, remembering all the stuff and everything like that. Wow, Pretty that's Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yes, thank you for those additions. It's, in fact, um, Malcolm X is about to leave. Um, well, what is it called? It's not a church. M- leave mosque thank you but it's something else too but i'm blanking but anyways and um ali is about to join so that's like one of the oh, sort of
1: things happening the nation of islam
0: there you go that's what it was mm-hmm. uh, so i have some fun facts the number one fun fact which i had forgotten which is how i actually first heard about this movie is that kemp powers is uh, the man who wrote the original play that this screenplay is based on. He is the writer or co-writer of Soul.
1: Uh-oh. See? Uh-oh. Watch it now. It's all
0: coming together. Um, they are connected. They are connected, Regina. So, yes, Regina King first read the play script and then the screenplay, and she decided, Regina King decided that it was going to be her first movie that she wanted to direct. Regina King is a beloved actress. She's been together, been part of um, the culture since frickin' 227. Um, There's no place like home. You know that theme song? Oh my God. No, okay. I never heard that. I didn't like that one as much. As... It was a tough family and it was fine. You know, it was just a little, I was always thrown because it was Flo from the Jeffersons and she was playing another role. And I didn't understand that that could happen. <laughs> uh,
1: Flo was in everything. Is
0: she still alive? Marla Gibbs. I hate, I want to say she is, I feel like she was just, yes, she is still alive. She was in a really bad, um, Maybe it was a Christmas movie recently. She was, uh, she is still alive. Um, but I so, thought fun, so. She yeah. Did
1: everything.
0: Yeah. Um, fun fact I was in a movie with Regina King. <gasps> Which one? Love and Basketball? No, but close. Love and Action in Chicago. I played her roommate. Yes. And it was one of my first movies. It was also with Courtney B. Vance. And yes. she is one of the nicest stars I've ever met.
1: I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> she she is sneakingly becoming a powerhouse to be reckoned with.
0: Oh my god. What she is doing is kicking the fucking ass of every role she ever plays. The hell whether it's Watchmen, <laughs> which she was Oh Watchmen, my god, right? Um, she's in this other amazing Netflix movie show. They'd only got one season called Seven Seconds, I think it's called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, too, she won the Academy Award for If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, She's everywhere and she damn well should be. And when she won the Golden Globe for, I believe it was for If Beale Street Could Talk, she made a pledge and she said, I'm going to use my platform right now to say in the next two years, everything that I produce, I am making a vow. And it's going to be tough to make sure that everything I produce is 50% women. And I just challenge anyone out there who is in a position of power, not just in our industry, in all industries. I challenge you to challenge yourselves to stand with us in solidarity and do the same. And Nice. It was really funny because I so distinctly remember that and I swear there were crickets and tumbleweed in the audience. Everyone was like,
1: <laughs> but it was like, like Did say she? black people, Muslims, anything, not women. I
0: know. It really threw people for a loop. Um, she has since added to that and said, so moving forward as I do still feel having more women in positions behind the camera is important, I have to go beyond that. And she's now also pledging to sort of make that into uh, a non-binary representation yeah good for her oh she's a badass I mean I I think it's pretty clear she made that pledge and then probably got some feedback from non-binary folks and adjusted which hello is what you do you get feedback you adjust and I would just like to say that there's a great scene at the beginning of this movie Um, it's between Jim Brown and Bo Bridges the actor the character he's playing I was not clear on did you get that he was like some big wig in georgia where football bigwig weird guy yeah maybe yeah. on politics something in politics or whatever but i just wanted to have a shout out to bo bridges who i love and can't recommend enough an old movie called the fabulous baker boys with michelle pfeiffer and jeff bridges it's so good <laughs> um all right so we always kick off with the things that we loved I liked that I did not feel like I was being
1: forced to watch a movie about Black men. Mm. I did not feel that at all. It was just a movie about icons Mm -hmm. who also happened to be Black. But the race, even though it was like forefront, it wasn't it was, I don't know, there was some way that she directed it or it got filmed or they acted it where it just didn't feel like um, Jingle Jingle. <laughs> all roads A lot there. of times, yes. I will not that. watch movies about African Americans because I do not like that, like, overly done, this is Black America, this is how they look, this is how they dress, and it's chucking and jiving and wearing a zoot suit and all this crazy, but I cannot. Right. They were just living their lives. I don't know. It was something about the way they did it. I didn't feel like
0: I was being forced to watch a trope of black men. Well, I think that you make a great point, especially in the fact that they are playing these icons, but Regina King very wisely had them pull back on it. So much. Right. Especially Muhammad Ali, the actor who played Muhammad Ali, who could have just been so over the top. And he just had these little sprinklings of the vocal... Tenor or physicalizations that at first I was like, oh no, like this is not gonna work. And then I got into it and I'm like, oh, I see, they're really, and it's you know, they just really allowed them to be human and didn't push the things we all already know about them, you know. Yes, and also, um, they allowed them to be like they showed
1: themselves in their element and then as friends that they were real human beings, you know.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? So, like, what I wrote that I love is that we just got to watch five Black men living, loving, laughing. You know, they weren't, for the most part, in reaction to whiteness. They were just amongst themselves. Yes! 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 Um and also, I mean, there's a moment towards the end where Jim Brown comforts Malcolm X. And I said to Bill, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a black man on screen and another black man comforting him ever. Right. Like he's like got to cry and you didn't want to say no,
1: you know, like well, I won't even say that out loud, but (laughs) yes. It
0: was gorgeous, you know? Um and the other (laughs) lots of intimate moments. There were a lot... Okay, that was just
1: one thing. Okay, let me do my next one. Oh, yeah, more more. So, um, they're all beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. It's like an array of the different types of beauty of Black men. Oh. I could not. I could not. Right? From, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, They were beautiful. And to the point where it was a little embarrassing that I was looking at Malcolm's
0: chest more than his burning house. So, anyway, I'm like... Well, I mean, seriously, nobody caught that. So there's a scene there's actually I mean, it's you know, it's also in um, the Spike Lee, Malcolm X biopic where you learn and know that um, Malcolm X's house was burnt down and his family had to run out of the house. And it's a very similar scene um, in this movie. And (laughs) I had the exact same issue. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Did they have to do that? They could close that robot. They could have closed that. Here's the thing, and it speaks to one of the other things I loved. I love this actor who played Malcolm X. Such a cutie patootie. Well, cutie patootie. But I have a
1: complaint.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Well, why can't any American black people ever be in any shows with black men? Thank all you
0: very, very What's much. Up? Well, here's the <laughs> thing. That, that's in my what I hated category, because <laughs> you know about my um, unjustified, unacceptable um, prejudice of Canadian actors. <laughs> no, yes, but yes. So I've talked a little, I think I've talked about this on the podcast, and I actually use it as a way to explain unconscious bias, which is that I have a ridiculous bias against Canadian actors because I feel like I fall in love with an actor and then I find out they're Canadian and I'm like, they came and stole our roles. But of course, that's not true. That is my bias. So it's one way that I explain bias and how you can challenge it. In other words, I don't discriminate against Canadian actors. I live with my bias and move on. Well, it's kind of, and this isn't just me, it's, it's kind of the same with English actors playing American roles. What's up with that Cumberbatch... Ooh! Oh, him? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. It. Everybody. And there was controversy with um, Cynthia Erivo when she played Harriet Tubman, and she kind of like poo pooed it away. And I mean, there is some argument to this idea of like, you know, what we experience as Black Americans is so embedded in us, and it's something that as an actor. That yes, you can imagine, but it has that much more depth if you can access it because of your experience and English actors have a completely different experience. And um, Yeah, I have to say, I looked him up and then I found out he was English. I was like, ah, spoiled again. (laughs) I know. But why do they do that? Some people, you know, actually John Boyega got into, I think it was John Boyega, or it was Daniel, Col- I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he was um, the main guy in Get Out and also was in Black Panther. And he or um, Boyega both kind of were like, um, kind of defensive because they're both English and, and they were being criticized again. You know, Boyega played um, the role in Star Wars and... Um, and yeah. And he got real defensive and was like, "Well, maybe because it's easier for us because we don't have we don't have that baggage, you know, of having really experienced it." Um, right. And anytime anybody's confronted about it, they really just poo poo it away. But it's like, you know, I mean, Emma Thompson has played all these re- American roles. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just like, yeah, I think annoying. It is a little annoying. Um,
1: there's, there's a million black actors out there who need jobs. I just don't under, but i do i think there might be something to that because there are not black directors so they don't want to be offensive to black americans oh, like as, that's what it is so they can do good. a lot of embarrassing awful things and not have to like be accountable that's really interesting i and, never thought of it that way
0: i mean the truth is these I mean, they're almost never bad performances. For God's sake, I couldn't stop nope. looking at this guy playing Malcolm X. Oh his name is I wrote it down. Kingsley Ben Adir. And by the way, is. he reminded me of Obama. And turns out he played Obama in some TV movie or something. But I thought his performing was performance was stunning. At first I was like, you need to leave because he's not Denzel. And I feel like Denzel Washington is the Denzel. right is Malcolm X (laughs) um oh
1: so then they got to be their selves during their speeches and stuff and then you got to see their quote-unquote more real selves in their situation and I'm like gosh Malcolm's so angry I'm like oh yeah duh that's exactly what he was right oh my god "And, and they he played a perfect balance you know
0: well, no, but wasn't it? Yes. Cause it was almost funny in a way. Cause it, at one point I was like, man, he's a party pooper, man. Right? Lighten up. <laughs> <laughs> but it speaks to the larger conversation, right? I mean, there is sort of a debate amongst people who want change or activists of like, is there a day off? Is there a day when you can just eat ice cream or does it have to consume and envelop you in order to get anything done? And that's kind of one of the dilemmas in the movie between these men you know
1: well uh, like no like my son's teacher said there's no black day off so
0: well i know but there has to be rest days there does you know so There just has
1: to be real dates where you can be yourself
0: where you can be yourself but this, the truth is like in the way it's written in the script is he is very so sam cook um the singer Um, has this idea that, you know, the way to empower himself and other Black people is to essentially have his own record, a recording company. And he was one of the only, Um, I don't have the exact history of that, but I know there's something sort of uh, historic about it. Um, And that was his way to sort of fight the fight. And um, in this movie, Malcolm X is just relentless with him about how it's not enough.
1: God. You know?
0: And he's like, black people are dying. Like, you got to get off the fence. And in his mind, if you're not constantly provoking, constantly fighting, then you may as well just be asleep.
1: It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And and Sam Cookie's a very complex character, too. Well, okay, so I liked that. I liked that they were, they played subtly. I like that, um, I like that Malcolm I liked Malcolm X's family. I just liked the way they did that. I don't know why. The wife was just a wife and the kids were just kids and she was sassy the little one and but not overly sassy and I don't know. I liked the way they gave him like a a loving relative life back then that he had, you know.
0: You know, I kept, I kept going back and forth, honestly, because I was battling the real people in my mind. And just like the idea of like, I mean, and it's like, I'm like, she doesn't, she didn't look like her, the real Betty Shabazz, right? And so I was like, struggling with that. And she wasn't necessarily embodying her. So yes. And of course, I don't really know what she was like at all other than... Right, maybe that's exactly what she was like, you know? Yeah, no, I know what you mean in terms of, I like the way Malcolm X related to her. It was very gentle and sweet, and that was cool. The whole thing, this, men together talking being themselves reminds me of this awesome story eddie murphy told in an interview once and i'm so mad because i was looking for it and i can't find it but essentially he was talking to someone explaining how he was in a room with five really powerful black men like movie stars and they were all talking about like their dreams and you know taken over and um it was just this really exciting electric um experience but then he made the point he's like but the one thing is we were all whispering oh yes damn such an awareness of how it still felt like it was something that could be taken away from them
1: Ooh! isn't that so
0: cool i cannot find it it's so great um all whispering they were all he's like and then i realized we were all whispering i was like that is freaking deep <laughs> um, wow, that's terrifying. Isn't that something? I mean, that says it all because these, and not, it's not even like people trying to get to the top. These were five black men at the top and they were still whispering. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, I mean, so the way it's set up in the movie is Malcolm X is sort of like mentoring um, Muhammad Ali Muhammad. right before he joins. And then he's like, by the by, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> i was like Wait yes a second. that's kind of i mean if that's true chronologically that is a little messed up
1: but yes and malcolm and muhammad was like i will kick your whole ass right there!" <laughs> what the hell well
0: also because <laughs> it was i mean malcolm x is leaving because he no longer feels like he can stand um sort of in defense good muhammad. but so one of the things that i was i struggled with um So I think the script is great. I think it is a script clearly intended for the stage. Anytime you have basically one set and a group of people sort of within that context, it's really a stage play. And I don't feel like Regina King um, did enough to make it a cinematic experience. Um, And so I struggled with that because like there was no camera, movement there was no fluidity it was just it was very static the whole time gina's very upset yes
1: (laughs) i disagree she did a way better job than august wilson i'm gonna put you to sleep in five seconds
0: well first of all it was it wasn't august wilson because he'd be dead um it was george seawolf um no
1: i mean the guy who wrote the play no i know but
0: so i love how all of these movies are strangely connected so when we talked about two trains running gina felt really the one that's on netflix No two what? trains running oh so. sorry um my that one right. Ma Rainey's black oh. bottom um that is currently on netflix gina made the point that she thought like that it was too theatrical and it still felt like a play um i thought the opposite and you're saying in this case you didn't feel that way
1: absolutely not that I'm crazy so that's crazy by why that it was authentic it was not like i'm acting ding and then like the one person stares at the wall and talks to one wall for an hour and everybody else just looks around and the camera shows them doing separate things they were actually having conversations that's how conversations work (laughs) and right when it got to be a little too much they would go to the liquor store or they would go to a fight scene or they would show something else or they would show a real thing it was good i mean never saw anything else about those other black men except for the exact moment in that time
0: I, that's interesting. I mean, I feel like, for me, what makes a movie is the conversation between the script and how the camera is used. That, for me, is what film is. Yeah, but so, they did
1: not use the camera well in the other one at all. They just put it on their face.
0: Yeah, but there seemed to be more space there, and also taking advantage of being able to have the different locations. Although, you're, I see what you're saying, but to me, I just... Cuz at first I was like literally I almost texted you at the beginning because I was like I was wondering if you were joking that it was good.
1: Oh my god you're kidding.
0: Yeah cuz I was like I am so bored. What is happening right now? Oh I loved
1: it. That's so funny. I was so mad at the other play cuz you're an actress it's got to be the well way you're looking at it from a different lens.
0: Yeah and also for me the when it finally cracked open was the first time they were out of the hotel room, and they were on the roof. That scene on the roof was awesome. And that's when I woke up, you know? So Very I kind of, yeah, I kind of felt like there was just some confusion there, and that the she really... Um, accessed amazing performances from the actors, but I don't feel like she used the medium all that well or creatively. Which is fine. Who cares? Right. Her first movie, and but they're saying no, that she. You're wrong, though. <laughs> Bill thought so too. Bill did. I'm not wrong.
1: Oh, Bill um, thought so
0: too. Well, you guys are both wrong. Right. Okay. Um. Also, <laughs> you know, it's rumored. Uh-huh there's lots of buzz saying that she'll be nominated for best director. And I, I think there's a combination of things happening there. She's beloved. I'm all for it. Let her win. But in terms of what it is to be a film director, not sure, but you know, other perform- other directors, um, other films are starting to come out and you know, maybe it will end up being the best one. What I other haven't.
1: films are they talking about?
0: You know, it was so funny. So the other day, um, I was trying to tell Bill about one of the movies I'm interested in that's probably going to be a contender. I believe the actor in it, his name is Riz Ahmed, and he plays um, a musician who's going deaf, right? And so I was like, oh, we really should, we should really watch that movie. He's like, oh, yeah, what's it called? I'm like, hmm. I don't know. He's like, wow, that sounds great. And then we just started this thing where like it was um, that movie's called I Don't Know. And then the sequel is I Don't Care. And then the next one is I Don't Give a shit. And so now that's all I can think of in terms of what the name of that movie is. But um, so, yeah, like this guy Riz Ahmed, he's going to get nominated. Um, that movie I'm hearing is going to get nominated. Um, what movie? God, Crazy. Hold on, I'm going to look it up. But also, and then there's this movie, Pieces of a Woman, um, which is about a woman who lost loses her child right after she gives birth to it. So, anyways, there's you know stuff popping up, whatever. And you know, I get oh. everything because I'm a member of SAG. He, um, oh, that's what it's called, Sound of Metal. That those one's getting all, a lot. Those of all sound so good. <laughs> We know my Rainey's Black Bottom is going to be up there. That could be traded. Listen,
1: if that wins, I will be so mad. No, sister. Okay, wait. But what if yes. Chadwick Boseman wins? Um, for that performance. Mm-hmm. Um, he might. Right, but his performance is not tantam- Is not connected to that stupid ass
0: movie. <laughs> it's just his
1: performance okay well and so, there you
0: go there you go um so our next category is things that made you go hmm <laughs> the fact that
1: um Epps would fight <laughs> muhammad ali <laughs>
0: oh my god that was so funny
1: i was like <laughs> hmm. it's a good thing they had jim brown there because that's the only thing because sam cook surely wasn't going to hold him back so there's a scene so
0: after Malcolm X, like, finds out, like, that, um, or no after Muhammad Ali finds out that Malcolm X is like, yeah, I'm out. I'll be leaving. Um, he gets all mad and he literally, like, goes to jump on him. And I was like, oh, dear. Oh, no. Oh, dear. That'll no, never work. You yeah, know?
1: That was really- I'm sorry, but my favorite part of the whole movie was the vanilla ice cream part. <laughs> I <laughs> thought that was brilliant.
0: Well, explain it. Explain it. Okay,
1: so they're in a the hotel room, and you know Malcolm thinks they're really there to celebrate the conversion of Muhammad Ali, I think, into being a Muslim. And Muhammad's like, hmm, I don't know if that's such a good idea anymore. I don't think I like that story. And then um, the other two guys are thinking they're going to party. We're out here to party in Miami and stuff. Let's get the booze where the women. And um, Malcolm's like, oh, I don't do that. He runs over to the hotel refrigerator, and he takes out, a carton of vanilla ice cream (laughs) and he goes see ah and they're all like um uh, okay and then he pulls out another one
0: yes that part is true they actually really did have ice cream and i thought that was so funny too and such a nub yeah it was just those small little like windows into just like how these people might have actually maneuvered the world outside of what we have come to expect and see and well and malcolm
1: was like just his sweetness in there that you don't get to see they he did a great job but the the saddest thing is yeah i don't know did they need to objectify
0: the man while his house was
1: burning down i'm a little disturbed by that
0: it was very strange um i think all
1: for sex
0: i think regina king just got a little excited and Uh,
1: i can't believe i can understand that
0: i mean imagine she was She was, you know, (laughs) shepherding these gorgeous men, right? (laughs) She lost her shit. She just got distracted. Oh, my God. That's exactly what happened. And nobody could tell her otherwise. She's like, what?
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) And they're not even showing the house. Barely. And he and then she's like, oh, one of your family so we can see you better. (laughs) And it was downright uncomfortable.
0: But worth the price of admission, I must say. Oh my um, God, every penny. Yeah, no, I. Uh, those little um, human moments with Malcolm X. I I was so intrigued by his performance. So, uh, oh, you have One of the lines that really stood out for me, which is a great, um, you know, that. Well, first of all, you know the saying, like, um, don't, don't ask for a seat at the table you know, bring your own chair. Don't ask for this seat at the table, build your own table. Well, there was a great version of that (laughs) in this that Sam cook said, which is I don't want a piece of the pie. I want the recipe. And that was so good. Yeah. So that didn't make me go, Hmm, but I just thought, yeah, what a great line. And of course, you know, as the conversations happen about how the hell we're ever going to find equity, um, it is largely about you know yes opportunity but making your own opportunities which sometimes can feel hard to take in because it's like but i also want the money that comes with that or whatever but um you know some of the more successful people right now in the industry someone like an isa ray um who is totally self-made you know she started out uh, that? so isa ray uh is the writer producer director of um her, her first YouTube show was called The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl, and it was just a YouTube show. And um, through that, she um, now created the show Insecure, which is ending. Point being, everything of hers is very self-driven. She made it herself, and she's sort of at the top of her game right now. Um, but I don't always like that message of like, do it on your, do it yourself, do it yourself. Because I think that like upholds the power system in a unfair way, you know, and that the same people then get to just like constantly still run everything, which makes me mad. Um, so wait, okay. So I felt like some of the themes were, um, yeah, I just love the idea that some of the themes were things like it's, they were in a place where they were, it was safe to be themselves. Um, basically, Malcolm X says, the argument became what Malcolm X says, which is be a weapon, get off the fence, you know, and like having to decide where you are in this conversation, especially right now. Um, and he's dead as hell five seconds later. So was right? dead five seconds later. And it ends with a quote that I'll share of his, which is like, I'm ready to be a martyr. And he literally is killed two oh. days later.
1: Later. it's I mean, he
0: knew. He knew and so did mlk devastating um you know it, there were certain moments by the way that i was like i'd love it if malcolm was there <laughs> i would not be like you mean martin like, or, oh god yeah martin luther king yeah that, me too I, i'm said, saying he was there um you of course highly recommend this yes the viewing of this uh, i I do. I recommend it for the powerful history
1: of it. If it wasn't historical, I don't know that I would have loved it so much. The thought of these powerhouses really spending a minute together just to me is just like, you know, one of those dumb essay questions. If you could be four people in history, who would they be?
0: Absolutely, <laughs> um, absolutely. It is. It is one hundred percent an essay question, or one hundred percent who you would invite to your fancy dinner, dinner party. party. Yeah, right. Um, who would you invite to your fancy dinner party? Do you have anyone? Uh, Jesus, Martin Luther King, Malcolm
1: X. Um, Got to get a woman in there or somebody. Yeah, right. I've always wanted to meet Mary Magdalene and Jezebel.
0: <laughs> Gina. That tells us a little Poor bit. Poor Jezebel. Hell yeah. I would historically, want historically Martin Malcolm. Um uh uh Tony Morrison. Maya Angela? Of course, yes, Maya Angela. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Um this is brilliant. This was brilliant. So much fun. That's fun. So and much
1: fun.
0: We recommend that you watch the movie because the men are beautiful. I mean, because it's really good.
1: <laughs> Ask. Significant. I mean, I can definitely hear that. <laughs> okay, my dumb dog is barking. All right, love mean. you. All right, love you too. Bye bye. Maybe it'll be all right. Maybe you're all wrong. Amazing grace. Thank you, Lord. Bobblehead. Shoulder pop. Work a lot. It's never sweet.